This is Matt Raj, fourth generation owner of Community Coffee. My great-grandfather named it Community, just out of appreciation and respect for his friends and neighbors. And for 100 years, our family has been about two things, great tasting coffee and great people. And as America's number one family-owned retail coffee brand, we believe it's our responsibility to continue to give them the best tasting coffee experience possible. And it's why we're excited for you to discover your new favorite blend. Look for Community Coffee at a store near you. The housing industry is changing a lot, quickly. That's why we made the Freddie Mac Multifamily Podcast. We're bringing together industry leaders to talk about market trends and the financing behind them. Subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Everybody who's celebrating this is Seraphine Hurley and Laura Lee Poffin coming at you. Tripping the void tonight on UPRN Talk Radio uh, 107.7 FM. And if you want to join us in the chat at YouTube, it's UPRN uh, as well at uh, YouTube. And uh, there's a chat room there. So you can see our, our faces yeah. as well. And you could listen to us on the uh, website as well as watch us if you'd like on YouTube. So whatever you decide to do, uh, please go ahead and do it. And tonight we are talking about the darker side of conspiracy. Because we all know that the darker side has better everything, right? Because the cookies are better. The lingerie is definitely better. Definitely the lingerie. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about some stuff that, you know, we're going to we're going to blow the dust off some stuff that's already been talked about before. But it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, thought that you guys really would want to taste of this if you haven't already known the bits and pieces, because people talk about stuff, but they don't really discuss the meat and potatoes of it. They just skim yeah. it and, and get just the skin in their teeth and go, eh. Whatever. We're here to bite through that chunk and swallow it whole. So, Laura, you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm way up here in Canada. I've had many of my U.S. friends say, do you guys even celebrate Thanksgiving? And yes, we do. We're dumbasses. We do it a month early. I don't know why we don't do it the same time as you guys. I wish that we did. But ours was way back. Actually, I don't think we had a show. It was Thanksgiving Monday. Our guests had ended up, unfortunately, at the last minute, not able to come in. Um, it was on the Monday night. And I tried a couple different guests. And I thought, heck, it's a lot. It's Thanksgiving Monday. But I love how you guys do this. Because I'll tell you, in Canada, we have no idea what Thanksgiving is. Because they change it every year. You guys always know, right? When it's going to mm-hmm. be the Thursday. and The final mm-hmm. Thursday of the month of November. November. Yes. And it's much easier. But I do want to add to our topic tonight. Actually, how I found out about part of the stuff we're going to talk about. The Dell, who has a show before mine on Monday nights. He, it's called The Delicious Recipe. People think it's a cooking show, but he examines different conspiracies. And I always joke with Seraphine, he's, he's a major Big Brother fan. And he has to watch Celebrity Big Brother UK over on the other side of the pond when it was a thing. Last year was the last season. One of the people we're going to be discussing was actually one of the celebrity house guests quite a few years ago. And this is how I found out about it. And while we were talking about this, it's it's pretty deep and dark, some of this stuff. A lot of it hasn't reached this side of the pond, depending on what news source you use or whether you even follow things like conspiracy or anything like that. But so it it it's I can't link it to the Epstein stuff that's going on, but they're 
seems to be a few tiny, tiny little similarities. I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually all intermingle and connect. That's my opinion. Nobody else's, but <laughs> you look beautiful, Sarah. Glad to see you on oh. camera. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, everybody. Yes, I, I, I do actually come out from time to time when my face isn't swollen from uh, sunburn and peeling like an iguana. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And I love the, the new palette as well. Oh, that was quick. That was quick. I was waiting for it. Speaking of conspiracy. Yeah, I was waiting. Um, yeah, I, I my, in our house, we're a fan of Mr. J.S. who did a he did a palette with a uh, big YouTube star. And the palette's called Conspiracy. So in honor of the conspiracy, I delved in very quickly. <laughs> Didn't do mm -hmm. a fancy look, but <laughs> into the conspiracy palette. <laughs> right. Is that a heater or something in the background? I keep hearing a rattling. Fan on my other computer. I may oh. have to turn it off. Yeah, I think we're going to have to turn it off. I'll use my phone instead because it's just going to be annoying. I'm sorry. But I'm like, what the? It sounds like a vibrator. If it's the, yeah, it's a vibrator. <laughs> Uh, you, you kinky lady. Oh, well, we're getting an extra well, kick tonight. I've got my phone <laughs> YouTube. I always have my phones muted too. And of course it just decided as soon as I said conspiracy mm -hmm. to start acting up the fan. <laughs> right. I'll give it a few minutes. It might be okay once I return it back on. So. But we'll go to UPRN's YouTube channel. Like Seraphine said, yeah, come on over, folks. We've got a chat room there. You can see us. You can be part of the discussion in the chat. Exactly. Um, you know, we love to hear from you. We've got great followers of the show. And we love when we have new people that join us, too. So, yes. mm -hmm. so where to begin with this topic, this deep and dark tale? Exactly. And how we came up with this was actually... Um, in talking to Laura Lee, and, and um, I had a few ideas, but she hardly brings forth ideas. I usually have an idea, and we go with that. So we, I decided I to go with her topic this this week. I would have waited because it's a little dark, and then we thought, well, you know what? Most people, though, even when we talk about lighter things on this show, they always say, "Where's the paranormal?" So I thought, okay, well, let's give it a try. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. So, do you want me to start, or you want to start, or where do you want to go? Well, I'm letting you go ahead and take the lead, right. and and I will interject. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, I'm going to go all the way back to Celebrity Big Brother. There was somebody on there, by the way, name of Maggie Oliver lovely middle-aged woman very soft-spoken like just radiated kindness and goodness so i was absolutely shocked to understand the reason why she supposedly had some celebrity status she was a police officer that had gone started joined the force very late in life for most people she said she was in her 40s whereas um excuse me just for one moment Oh, that's okay. Uh, no, uh, the doll was showing me that we've got Bigfoot and the bunny under our name coming up. So we'll have to let Joe know that. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching us, I guess. <laughs> that's good. He's watching us. Um, anyway, sorry. So Maggie Thank Oliver. Thank you, Canadian Jesus. Thank you, Canadian Jesus. <laughs> he, he watches just, over me. You should just pop in and say something. Everybody knows. They've seen him on here a few times anyways. But as we get back to Maggie Oliver. 
she was a guest, I think this was probably about three or four years ago. And I'd never heard anything about this. So we looked it up to see what this was all about. But like I said, she entered the police force. She had four kids. They were growing up and she wanted to start a new career. So uh, she passed everything she said very miraculously. And she always sort of been a middle class, you know, citizen, never really been to some of the lower income parts of of uh, England where she was living and I think it was called Rochdale she calls her Rochdale the way she says it but she was assigned to this area and as time went on and on and on she started realizing as she went up into different areas in the forest detective and then she became a victim liaison officer for the police force mm-hmm. there were multitudes of reports from parents from this Rochdale area coming in saying that their daughters were being raped, were being trafficked, trafficked, were being groomed. Nothing was being done about this. The police force knew about this. She tried everything to bring this to the highest levels of police. And as I understand it, in the UK, I know you've lived over overseas as well, uh, Sarah, but they have, it seems for every kind of you know, town or city, they have quite a powerful council. They've got a lot to say about what goes on in the area where they live. They were aware of it. Nobody would do anything. Some of these girls would go missing for weeks on end, and it, they were being trafficked by older men. Long story short, uh, she blew the whistle on it. She blew it wide open. Um, it went all around the world. It became newsworthy. So what she's done since... And they tried every which way to stop her, too. She said they tried to shut her down. They tried to discredit her. Um, but she had too much evidence. And there were too many people and too many girls. And um, so she she was, was a smart lady. I think she collected all of her evidence. She collected all the documentation. She had all these families that were willing to speak out. So she's just written a book that's come out, I think it was middle of July of this year, 2019, about the story they're actually doing a tv series i think it's called the three or something focusing on the three main girls that have come forth and spoken and who she really worked quite closely with to break this open and she's also opening a center there that'll be a safe place if this continues or they don't have some place to go to report this to the law mm-hmm. that they help, help them solve this and stop it is there anything I missed? Because I sent you a lot of stuff. I know I did, Sarah. But did you pick up anything else that I've missed with that story? The only thing, I mean, I, I figure since you're starting there and then you, you bring up things because, you know, I'm here to play devil's advocate, as always. Um, <laughs> and this is this is the good part here is because, as you guys all know, that, that I really... Uh, love and care for my best friend, Laura Lee. So it's not like I'm across the table from nope. some white lighty person and I'm going to blow up expect, from here. I so I'm going to be here. Yes. <laughs> because I'm very protective of my belief systems. And, and it's like, and I know a lot of people that have been convicted of things similar that actually didn't actually do any of these things. And when the people go, Oh no, that's not true. And it's like, well, yeah. But uh, I listened to, um, I was actually on a jury at one point uh, back in the early 2000s on a case similar uh, where they're talked about ritualistic abuses 
And the problem that I had at the same time with all of this, and I'm going to keep asking for actual evidence. There was no ritual abuse with this section. The next store I'm going to go to, definitely that. No, I'm I'm basically categorizing. Okay. So I'm I'm saying in the whole span of of everything that we're talking about tonight, uh, my main question in all of this is where is the evidence, the actual evidence of um, besides sexual abuse, because out of SCADs, and we're talking a lot of kids that were actually interviewed, there's only a few of them that actually had things that were done to them that were provable. Mm-hmm. Considering the amount of children that were supposedly missing uh, or hurt or, or, you know, otherwise in the mess of all of these people, because this is a lot of cases, it's a lot of people, and there's only very few of them that can actually say, and I'm not saying, oh, yeah, that's so special. I'm just saying when you have that kind of stuff and when you dig deep like this, mm-hmm. you only find people who do stupid things for stupid reasons because the people who really do get away with stuff like this don't leave people behind. So I'm going to ask where the evidence is. I have no crime scene photos. I have no evidence files. I have no. Well, you got to remember, we're not dealing with North America. We're dealing with the other side. Well, we're dealing I, across I, the UK. I'm aware. Yes. Okay. Let me finish. Let me finish. I I would go as so far. I doubt we'd ever be able to do it. I I'd love to contact Maggie Oliver and have her on. I know you probably didn't have have the time to watch the three and a half hour interview I sent you there was no because I sent you so much stuff and we just started talking about this this afternoon like I stayed up all night and half of today watching it and I've been you know looking at this previous so on on to be fair with that all I can go on is her word um all I can go on is the fact that this was a major issue that went over in the UK with this part. Okay, with this mm-hmm. part I'm talking about. I haven't talked about the second case yet. Um, uh, and again, it's her word. It's her word. And she's gone out and she has the records for it. I haven't read her book. Her book just came out in July. She said she explains everything in great detail, the method that she followed. Um, she's very protective of these girls because I sent you Sean Atwood from YouTube. And for you uh, that don't know who Sean Atwood was, he was actually on a show, I think on National Geographic, it was called Wrongfully Accused or Wrongfully Imprisoned. And this had happened to him. And he's since become a patient advocate. He has a very active YouTube channel. He's really following this Epstein and and uh, Prince Edward case quite closely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went from the interview. I went from the stories. I, d- I remember I had to, and again, did I see her in a regular living situation? No, but I seen her living in a monkey zoo, uh, um, basically in celebrity. Yeah. She did talk about some of the stuff that she had gone through. Um, and she details a lot more. Now, again, I'm going to put it back on you because you know this as well as I do, that there are a number of sexual assaults, sexual abuses that go on that people never come forward. Yes. Believed. So again, can I prove it to you? Can I, and I, I don't know why we would see pictures of the sexual abuse or the police reports. I don't know. No, not, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when you're talking about babies being 
cut up and eaten and and stuff like that. I mean, this is all going to go r- along those lines and and people in in the in the in the skin trade, basically. Okay, let me let so, me finish because we haven't even gotten to that point yet. This is how right. I started this. Okay, this is how it started. This had nothing to do with SRA, satanic ritual or anything. It was just trafficking, sexual assault and grooming of quite a number of young women in this area that this police officer discovered, uncovered, unveiled, and it went national, went international. What got me to the next part you're talking about, and that's, this is going to be the hot button subject, folks. I had been researching this, and of course, as YouTube always does, they send you video clips that might interest you. I don't know how they would ever have thought this interests me. But I watched it, and there sat a seven and eight year old. Mm-hmm. Looked like absolute angels, blonde haired, blue eyed, and they were being videotaped. And my first question was, who the hell was videotaping these children and you put it on the internet and you didn't do something about it? This was back in 2014. These children, this is what Sarah's talking about. And this is what we're going to really talk about. And she is asking good questions. Is these children (coughs) detailed that their father, who they called Papa, was the head of satanic worship where they lived over in the UK as well. They said that the teachers were involved. They named all the teachers. They named all the uh, social services. They named the police was involved. They they said everybody was involved in this. And they talked about their father. He did. He was. He would make them hold the knife as he held it, cutting off newborns' heads. It was basically satanic worship. Now. I was shocked because being a registered nurse myself, I've worked with children quite closely, even professionally, psychologically. For children of that age to go into that much detail and and including in this video detailing what was done to them sexually by their father and other people. I seen another clip of the little boy that was seven talking about one of his teacher's privates. He described a birthmark perfectly where it was down on her her privates. How would he know that? Again, is there proof? No, we haven't seen the picture. Do we know? Has it been verified by an obstetrician? No. But what happened in the long run was when the case went to uh, court, it was dismissed and said that there was no validity to this case whatsoever. You can see the police interviews with these two children on YouTube. There's a channel on there called, I think it's called social media. They detailed this case. Now, what they went into further was, you know, there were half of people um, trying to defend this father. The father went on national television over on the other side and was interviewed, <laughs> trying to defend his his innocence. I don't know if you got to see his interview. And I was really hoping it was all wrong. Like this was just something, I, maybe these children were brilliant, whatever they were able to make this up. It was a very odd, odd interview about this guy trying to defend against his his um, his name. Because what had happened was the judge had thrown it out and said there was no merit. There are medical reports to verify these two children. I have definite evidence of horrific sexual abuse, mm-hmm. PTSD, um, the mother who was implicated that her and her boyfriend had caused the had caused all this, had beaten the children to say these things. When you see these interviews with these little ones, 
I don't care how much you beat a child, there is no way a child could sit there for three hours in a police interview. And and the police was great. The policeman was great. Like he he would ask and he'd get the kid back, especially the little one, because you can tell when you watch him, he'd start wanting to bring more and more things up and he'd keep him on target. Like, when did this start? When did mm-hmm. this last happen? But the school he was talking about that he went to, when they went to investigate this, there is record shown that the school was on complete under construction. New building plans, everything. Because this kid had said there was tunnels underneath, both of them had said. There were all kinds of things. There was a lot of stuff to me. Looks like it was covered up. They never investigated any other children, as far as I know, in this case. Because it was his two children that came forth. But the one video I had sent you, like I said, I sent Sarah so much stuff. It could take her a week to go through it, honestly. Um, there's a commercial out there that said Pizzagate and I think it's called the Hargrave scandal over in the UK. That was the area it was in. Mm-hmm. And the Super Bowl. And there's a commercial on there. The mother has lost custody of these two children. She's been fighting desperately. She had to leave the country because she's the one that's been implicated abusing these children. Um, there's a Super Bowl commercial. There's a little girl in there that looks identical to the little girl, her own little girl she has not been able to find. The father that was implicated, his name is Ricky. I do have the name. I'd have to look it up. He was an actor. Um, on top of that, um, the person that broke this open, this little tiny channel, social media, had posted. Somebody had gotten his IP address and they went to it because somebody had written this snarky comment. He doesn't even know anything about the Internet. There's no way he'd be able to even do anything or something to that effect. This person revealed with the IP address, there were all kinds of links. Him on his LinkedIn profile, links to all kinds of satanic uh, worship, satanic organizations. And then there were links suggested for your interest, all to pedophilic links. When she busted that wide open, but a week later she went back to his page, all of it had been scrubbed. Can I prove it? No, but they do have medical. The thing, the big scandal about this was if this was really going on, if this is really what's happening, where have these children gone? I don't think the father has them from what I followed up. The mother has still got a campaign out there to try and find her children. That she was connected with this commercial with the Super, um, Super Bowl. This was a couple of years ago. And I did send you the link. I said, I said you sent so much stuff. Um, Nobody has any idea where this little boy is and nobody has any idea where this little girl is. Mother doesn't know. They're not with the father. They entered as far as they know. They call it the care system. But there was evidence to prove that these children definitely had some of the things done to them that they were saying they had done. Mm-hmm. Who did it? I don't know. But the evidence was there. Mm-hmm. Now, could they find skulls and newborns? No. But isn't it odd that this all came, you know, to the police, this all happened and all of a sudden the school they went to that they claimed there were all these underground tunnels and into, you know, secret rooms disappeared, disappeared because the school suddenly went under complete construction, new building plans, old building plans were destroyed. And that is on record. Like if you go through the. So the sad part about this was this isn't. The only case of this this is the only one that went wide open but the sad part was 
you know, and it's been proven again, another link I had sent was when young children like that talk about in graphic, graphic detail, like this little boy was talking about his father using willies, plastic willies to put them in his bottom. And if he cried, he would beat him. We cried him. He would beat him again. If he cried, he would, there would be a nurse there. And he was doing this in front of all these people, supposedly. We're talking um, social services or children's aid is involved with the school, apparently. Um, the police were involved with the school. He named names in the police interview. And the judge threw it out. Said that the children decided after their third lengthy interview that they'd made it all up. It's proven fact that children that age, and this is graphic detail, what this kid's talking about. He's talking about sex. He's talking about all kinds of stuff. They rarely lie about that. So that was the sad part about That's why we kept saying, I knew you were asking these questions. They were two different cases. But my thing is, the UK is not a big, you know, a big continent, if you will, not even a continent, but you know what I mean, a conglomeration of countries. To have two huge cases like that just in England, you know that they're not unique, right? You can't, there's no way it can be unique, is what my thing is. Well, can I say something? Done. Yep. Pedophilia is not unique. Absolutely. Pedophilia is something that happens all of the time, unfortunately. And as we've gone through time, it's gotten more common and easier to cover because there's more laws that actually help the pedophile than help the children, unfortunately. It gets harder and harder to actually implicate somebody as a pedophile unless you have hardcore evidence. Hardcore being, and with the parent parental permission or permission of this, the governing body stating that the child will be examined, because that's a horrible, you're, you're a nurse, you, you, it's a horrible examination. That'll give a kid PTSD, even if they didn't have any sexual I abuse. I detailing what happens to a friend of ours, a close friend of ours, and they were shocked when I told them what happened. So, yeah, so you, you, you don't do tests like that on children unless you are absolutely, without a doubt, sure that you believe that they there's been some kind of abuses. That's why they put them through such large batteries of questioning, hours and hours. But those kids went through way too much. Way, that was abusive. It was abusive. And uh, even in the first 40 minutes of the interview, the little girl, if you guys are able to watch it, and I, I do invite you to watch it, um, it's, it's, it's hard to listen to in places, but at the same time, um, it's interesting to the point of, well, it's kind of a fantastic story on this at the same time. It's like, wow, you know, but I mean, I caught her in the first little while kind of scuttling the story a little bit and scrambling it, but the, I mean, we're going to get graphic with the the details. Obviously, the children had been meddled with, and I'm not going to. It ekes me up to say pedophile and sex because that's just icky. But yes, that the kids were meddled with in a bad bad way, and it doesn't change that fact. Now, um, I'm glad that there are laws now that keep police and other parties from interviewing children at that length 
because that in itself is an abuse. But if you're going to cut off a baby's head, there's going to be splatter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how neatly you cut it off. You don't have to tell me. There's a, but <laughs> there would have been blood. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> for, the, for the girl to say that, that of course they're going to try to get as much blood collected as possible, because mm -hmm. the cop was saying, well, and I'm sorry, guys, this is graphic. Uh, we are talking about stuff that somebody else had said that it happened. This is uh, a child saying this. But even if if the child was was holding the hand of the adult, even if the child was injected with something, if the heart is still beating, there's going to be arterial spray. So you're saying because she didn't talk about the blood? Is that what you're saying? You no, no, no. She, they, the the cop actually states. So you're saying that there wasn't any blood. Oh, yes, there was blood, but we were careful not to get it anywhere. Well, the cop goes, there wasn't any spraying. Oh, no. Well, yeah, there would be. I don't know. They could have had them covered up while they cut. I don't know. I wasn't there. So, I don't imagine. I wasn't there either, but I'm, I'm trying to say, I mean, even if you butcher an animal that's been already dead, there's blood. Blood does go everywhere. <laughs> so it just oh, does. Oh, I'm <laughs> That they were seven eight-year-old children experiencing mm -hmm. ob obviously severe PTSD. Mm -hmm. I can honestly tell you myself, I know something about myself that happened when I was six years old. I don't know what it is. I don't remember it. I have a few flashbacks. So I was close to that age and it was it didn't involve blood, didn't involve satanic uh, ritualistic type things. But there were some bad things involved and I don't remember a lot of it. I just have flashes of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not making excuses for it, but at that age, I can't even imagine. I wouldn't even take my child hunting. I wouldn't even let my child see something like that on TV at that age. I mean, my oldest, I've had two dogs pass away and I kept saying, are you sure you want to stay till mm -hmm. the end? know and review to him what's going to happen because I have been around death and so have you working in mm -hmm. hospice care. you know as peaceful as it can be it's it's still not a pretty thing mm -hmm. and he wanted to and he's almost 25 and, and he said mom I'm gonna have to see this sometime in my life I, I need to be here and I realized that and I respected it but what I'm saying is my horrified and the thing is this isn't the only case of things like this that you hear happening i mean we've talked about no. a dream on this this show before that's going on the reason why we talk about this folks this isn't stuff that's made up this is stuff that goes on that you know i always say you never know what goes on behind closed doors doesn't mean you gotta be running around suspicious of everybody you meet i don't mean that either but the big thing is if there really were that many agencies involved and that many people involved in this where did, did who could these children even have gone to? Because as I understand it, it was the um, the mother's like boyfriend, I guess, or live-in boyfriend that was filming them. 
because I watched the boys interview more in depthly than the girls. I watched some of the girls and it's hard to watch guys. I'm going to tell you. And Sarah's absolutely right. That was what kept going in my mind. Where is the representative that is with this child? Why are you interviewing these children for three and four hours at a time? Like that, that wouldn't happen here. I mean, it's against our laws. And again, mind you, there was a lot that went on that was against the law there too. And like I say, the thing that I found fishy was that when they went there to investigate the school, to see what were these kids talking about, these private tunnels, all this stuff, there was a video I sent you to that was quick. Uh, this social media has quite a bit on it on her channel. I, th- I, mean, I shouldn't say her. I don't know if it's a her or him. And there's a woman and talking to this police officer, there's a whole line of them in front of the church because the church was involved apparently too. Nobody was allowed to cross. And her concern was why is nothing being done about this? I've written a letter. I, you know, if there are babies losing their lives, whose babies are they? Why, why is this happening and nobody's doing anything basically? But mm-hmm. the thing is, it does go on. We have a really dark, seedy underworld, even. Um, the reason why, and we had talked about this before, we've mentioned it a bit on the show, the red shoes, and I know that you hashtagged it, and I'm glad that you did. Even what's going on in Hollywood. Um, if the Dell's watching, I know he'll know the name of the documentary that we watched recently of many boys that were, um, they were really sexually molested to become teen stars or child actors. Mm-hmm. And I know I brought this up. I, if you can find the article, I haven't been able to find it, but I did come across it. Somebody had reported it on YouTube. Macaulay Culkin did an interview, I believe it was in May, about when he was 11, what had happened to him or somebody had tried to do to him. And he said the part that had scared him the most were these red shoes he was talking about. And he mentioned, this is what he said in the interview, Macaulay was the attention was drawn to the shoes and do you know what these shoes are made of and i think as it was detailed by the person that did the video macaulay had answered no and he said do you remember heather o'rourke was it from third encounters of the third kind i always get mixed up what movie she was in poltergeist poltergeist i always mix it up always okay so she was in poltergeist she was that beautiful little blonde-haired girl that said they're here and she died very mysteriously i believe it was at about 12 years of age and i had heard anything from she'd had an emergency appendectomy she had passed away to whatever apparently she was part of this this ring and was killed so this now whether we can't prove these shoes were made of her or what but this is what macaulay was told now again if this was erroneous or false apparently this interview it was done over in France, was scrubbed and completely wiped from the internet within a couple hours. Mm-hmm. So, and we've seen pictures of certain people. I've sent them to you that have these supposed same red shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we prove what they're made of? No. No, we can't. Just what people say that they may be made of. But I think mm-hmm. the part that we're getting, there's some pretty awful stuff that we don't, aren't aware of. Right. Yes. The, 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 or devil advocate, I can see your mind working. <laughs> or it's not just that the stuff exists; it's that it continues to exist, and it's not always the people that you think would be obviously involved. And like I said, um, 
on my part in party, I know, like I said, I know people who have had that tagged on them before, and it was absolutely a false thing because uh, people wanted money out of the person and they thought that they would try to say that they were a yep. pedophile. And that's, that is the one thing to do to, to an adult that will screw them for the rest of their lives oh, is, really? is to find them as a pedophile and have the something linked to them as such and mm -hmm. you will never work you will never you know name one hollywood actor or actress who's been linked to it still works mm -hmm. and had you know evidence to show for it but none actually actually uh, i do know some directors that are still working there's one that's been very, very, very outlined and detailed. And this isn't even coming from Corey Feldman, who has been most vocal about this. But unfortunately, in my opinion, how he's chosen to do it has really lacked credibility, nor people, you know, really getting vested in the story that he's trying to tell. The oh, hi, baby. Yeah, Doc is saying hi. Hi, <laughs> Um. <laughs> the I won't I won't name names, but the director that's been a so um a part of um the X-Men franchise in the beginning, uh quite a few other things. Has he had lost some projects though since the rumors are getting a little louder? Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because it's starting to get out there. Um I think what blew the doors wide open on this is uh Harvey Weinstein. And you know what? The thing I was going to add to that, Sarah, is you're right. There are people that get falsely accused. And I actually had seen somebody lay out this scenario to create something like that, to create an event, get people's attention almost diverted into it mm -hmm. away from what really is going on, then pull it all in, but make sure you have a fall guy. Always dump yeah, it on the fall always guy. make sure you've got somebody to dump it on. But it's, it's like with some of these other people who are um, – like that one dude who's only a billionaire. We're talking, some of these guys are multi, multi billionaires over. And um, there's nothing that actually supports any evidence to support other than somebody's word of mouth saying that that person is a pedophile. There has been no transactions. There has been no pictures. There's no anything else. But that has really upset me. You're right, especially with the Me Too, you know. And yeah. right away, cancel culture, social justice warriors jump on it. Person's guilty before they're proven innocent. I can think of one person in particular, Chris Hardwick. Mm -hmm. um, um, he's on all kinds of things, and mm -hmm. he's a talk show host, comedian. He was completely innocent, mm -hmm. and that really screwed up things for him. He lost his gig after the walking dead that he did and whatever for quite a while i, I understand i believe he's been reinstated but mm -hmm. this is what it is now it's almost the pendulum's almost swung the other way and right away you're guilty your name your name's been brought up you're guilty and you're mm -hmm. absolutely i'm so glad you brought this up because like, it's important yeah it's like a lynch mob mentality and i'm not sitting here trying to say that that pedophilia is okay i'm definitely going to say it's not absolutely not but coming from, I have friends that are Satanists. I have friends in the occult, including myself. Mm -hmm. I don't eat babies. I don't use children in my anything. Mm -hmm. um, do I know people well, who do? No. Friends, 
You did, and you know that. (laughs) Do I know people who do do stuff like that? I probably do. But, however, the people who do stuff like that, let's say Black Web style, from for what vanilla folks understand to be Black Web, which would, is actually Dank Web, Dank Web and Black Web are two entirely different uh, things so where you actually have to speak computer language to, to get a connection because otherwise you're not going to get on. But... Like I said, a lot of these people, it's like if you hurt a child repeatedly, and I'm sorry, guys, if this is hurting you in any way. I was an abused child as well, so I can I can tell you it, it sucks. So at the same time, you need to think that if you repeatedly abuse a child in the different circumstances, if the child is passed around or other things, that the child's... Um, imagination is going to go wild because you're going to go into fugue states of, I mean, the amount of pain that you would be in as a child that small to be hurt in that way, Mm -hmm. your headspace would be spaghetti. So your ability to recall something entirely logical at that point, besides sexual abuse, and... to me, coming from a medical background, that there's there's different things depending on the personality, the type of the child. A uh, lot of children block it out; it can never happen. Don't remember. Uh, there are other children, and you see it quite often through severe, severe, severe abuse develop multiple personality disorder there's mm-hmm. another i was going to mention that too yes and what they the reason reason being for that is because exactly what sarah said you know they develop alters because they can't feel to try to feel safe to try to feel and and it's quite intriguing when you watch people that have been brave so brave to come forward and talk about you know, how they're trying to live a normal life or what they've gone through and, you know, trying to function in society because a lot of them, some of them don't even know when this is going to happen. There's been stories I was watching one time. This woman has over, I think she's got over 70 different personalities. She has woken up in a different city, completely different clothes she'd never wear. She's woken up with tattoos. She has no idea how she got. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people aware of it when they switch over some aren't mm-hmm. but I have yet to meet and again I haven't examined every single case of this but mm-hmm. the majority of people this happens to is because of what's happened so horrifically and the abuse and what they've been through and mm-hmm. it's been the only way as a child they can, they can cope is to switch into an altar like you said mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah. like if we we look into our own Like, I'm going to back up psychologically into our primordial id as humans. Mm -hmm. If I don't sexually abuse you, I'm just going to use the royal you Mm -hmm. and us, okay? For example, if I just abuse the crud out of you and don't, let's say it's verbally or physically or I do things repeatedly over and over again that are just not okay. Not not sexually, but just pick something that's not okay anyway. And it's done over and over and over and over. 
Right. Now, in our, primor our primordial ooze head id part, we are programmed to go into the darker spaces in which we have dwelled in forever in humandom, where we're crawling around on the ground and we're burying our teeth and we're fighting for our lives somewhere when somebody is trying to hurt us. It doesn't matter how big or little you are, even if you're checked out, there's some part of you somewhere inside you that is trying to fight back. I mean, look at the paintings of some of these tortured people like Hieronymus Bosch and his paintings of hell and um, the screaming man and some of these other twisted paintings. I take Salvador Dali, for instance, too. I mean, he didn't have the greatest of upbringings either, but he was a brilliant, brilliant, you know, artist. But some of the scenes that he's painted are so surreal. And it, stuff like that comes from our primordial id, where it's like, wow, that is messed up. Where did that come from? <laughs> you know, we don't know. Some of the stuff that comes out of us, it's like, I don't know the person or, or the where that that came from. Or you wake up from a dream that you don't know where the heck that came from. It could have been somewhere back millions of years ago when you were a tadpole. You don't know. Well, then, I <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. Well, the subconscious and the conscious speak different languages. Yes. Symbology. Mm -hmm. The other part is that, um, where was I going with this? Is, you know, we've talked about, not so much on this network, but we've talked about shadow work before even. And as a child, until about the time you're zero to seven, eight years old, you're like a sponge. You take everything in. Even my guest last night was talking about this, that they're so close together, the subconscious and the conscious, they can actually speak. As you get older, they, they basically separate and speak two different languages. The subconscious speaks in absolutes. It speaks in symbology. Like he was talking about, be careful what you feed yourself or what you say. He said, when he said feed yourself, because your subconscious takes it literally. Then with children, you know, what I'm seeing is we're all whole, right? So we're everything. Are we good? We're bad. We're, you know, light. We're dark. We're, we're, you know, you're jealous. You're angry. All these things that we may not want to be. As we grow up, we sort of learn what society's expectations are, are of us. And we don't want that part, right? We don't want that, that jealousy or anger or as a child before you've been taught right and wrong. Yeah. If you want something, you can take it. That's stealing. You can't do that. So I always like to, and this just is my analogy, how I've tried to figure it out. We all cart that bag of stuff behind us in the shadow still, still with us, still has a possibility to rear its ugly head. If you want to call it that, even when you see somebody, you say, Oh, we don't want to be like those people. What is it about those people? You, we we're all the same. We all started out the same. We all started out with the same stuff. And so when you say some of that stuff rears its head, especially when you're sleeping or you know a thought comes from somewhere, if you're just daydreaming or whatever, I still believe that that's part of us. Um, and again, it gets a little bit complicated. It's not quite this simple, but with shadow work, some of the things, especially I, I meet a lot of people, this starts coming up more and more often like dark stuff, like deep stuff. And it's like, where's this coming from? Mm -hmm. Am I saying it's going to cure it? No, but sometimes, you know, through various different things that you can try and you can work with, you can learn to embrace it all. And you do hear me say that all the time. Embrace all of what you've been 
all you've been through because look who it's made you today. Right. I don't the, go ahead. I I think one of my my prime points I'm trying to make is whatever is done to you or whatever you have to go through that makes you the kind of survivor that you are. It's like like you just said that we know that stealing is bad. However, if something is wrong and you had to feed your child and, and there wasn't any other option, you We're would be... same point, exactly. Yes, you would steal to steal. survive. You would yep. beat somebody over the head to Absolutely. survive. You would Absolutely. murder to survive. Absolutely. And people go, no, Sarah, no, they wouldn't. I'm, yeah, yeah, you honey, you would. You would same thing and actually we've got the hitman blood talk and he's listening he said evening ladies so i welcomed that's what i was typing to when you were talking and he just went yes agree and you are right there's an exception to every rule there is a threshold for every human being mm -hmm. so different than others always but that will be crossed when but need that, be but survive. that primordial the primordial urge to survive if mm -hmm. i hold that person down and I threaten your life and I threaten your property and I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to sexually hurt you. You are going to fight in some way until you don't fight against me anymore. And your headspace is going to change is what I'm trying to say. Your headspace is going to completely change mm -hmm. over time because of the repeated amount of abuse. You're not going to be clear, a clear person. And I'm, I'm coming from a BDSM background. Well, I was going to say that's psychology. You psychopaths, you get psychopaths, you get sociopaths, you get open, uh, you got borderline personality yes. disorder. That's like, when you start seeing all these psychological things that can happen because of things like that. I yes, agree with the you. The psychology of it is that if I do this over and over and make you like, let's take. Let's take somebody who is a sub on purpose, okay? Somebody who enjoys being hurt on purpose until the point of almost breakage. Yeah. Now, what happens to that person is that they, they long to go into what they call subspace. And for y'all vanilla people that don't know what that means, I'm going to try to touch on that a little bit. It's kind of like this this daisy creamy weirdness where you don't really feel pleasure or pain and you are kind of existing and it's it's all really fuzzy it's like a high it's really like a high like if you if you've ever run a 10k or you know ever <laughs> or ever ran like 5 miles As on I, your like, own, I you used know. to run <laughs> So if you run that whole thing without stopping, that's what your, your head is going to feel like. Mm -hmm. And if I don't let you sit down, you're going to fall down is what's going to happen. Now, that's what happens with victims. If I hurt you repeatedly and do it over a long period of time, your head, like I said, your headspace will change. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. What? And that's the, the sociology and the psychology of it is is that and i'm not saying that the kids are making it up i'm saying that their stories differ i mean they're similar in a lot of ways but even in the one where the girl starts to name other children but how come they don't bring the other children into the investigation because i checked that out they don't ever bring okay. in the other children so well, the parents were involved in this 
they need um, the church, they need uh, police officers that were involved in this. They did not by name, they said the police. Um, I didn't dig into who was involved or what. These children were the children that were put on the internet with their story. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I don't think the story ever would even come to, to light. To me, and again, we, we're not always gonna agree. I will mm -hmm. always be a victim, always. Always, always. I have worked with people who have been sexually assaulted. I have worked with people who who have, you're right, I gotta agree with you, your headspace will never be the same again, especially when someone's bigger than you and you're little, a child is powerless, mm -hmm. especially at seven and eight. Oh, yeah. And to me, do they have all the details right? No. And can you tell these kids are scrambled? Absolutely, when you stop, see them in the stores. <laughs> He's trying to take my poster off the wall. Stop. Oh, no. he's, he's redecorating. Will you just knock it off? I'm reading. <laughs> it. It's actually Howie O'Dell. So welcome, Howie. I didn't realize it was Hey, Howie. Him. He said, um, primal instinct of um, survival. He said, you're right, environmental effect. And then he said, when mm -hmm. one attempts to get away from a subcultural society, they may leave out those effects uh, are, that, are, that are still now embedded in that person. And to me, well, no, we're, we're just, and we have these kind of discussions, Sarah and I, to me, um, and Howie, I think you might have, I don't know if you were here at the point when I was talking about that, I had something happen to me as a six-year-old, I do not remember. I'm 54, I'm starting to get flashes of it back now, I still don't know exactly what happened. I've even asked a family member who was very vague about what happened. Um, but these children definitely, definitely beyond a shadow of a doubt. And yes, I'm not something did happen. I'm not negating. That's not what I was going to say, Sarah. I, I, I'm not allowed to diagnose, but these children are definitely damaged psychologically. Stop. You can tell when you're watching the interview with this, this child, like he is not a normal seven-year-old child. And you're oh, right. They definitely. They're, they, they exhibit definite features of children that have have had some kind of abuse. I'm not going to say because I was not there, um, not their doctor, I'm not a doctor. Medical reports to support it because the little boy is talking about his father right. using but you can, yeah. metals just for Howie because he's and whoever else is listening. The, the willies, plastic willies that he was ramming up his backside were different sizes and then he likened them to bronze, silver and gold and what one was most important and that it made him bleed. So I know the medical reports were able to ascertain they've had something done horrifically to them. You're right, mm -hmm. could they have embellished? Could they, I, I don't know. But I just know that children that age to be able, never mind to even be able to sit in an interview for that long and be asked the same questions over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think we're saying the same things. Can we ever prove it? My point of bringing it up was it became a national headline over there. Like, oh, yes, aware of it. But my my first point is and what my whole question was when I seen this video of these two kids being filmed mm -hmm. talking about this, like it was going to McDonald's right um, in the first videos. What the hell was the matter with the person that put this out on the internet? Why did you ever put it out on the internet? Take care of these children. Go to the police. Go where you need to go. Why did you have to put this out on the internet in the first place? 
So I don't know, like the video I showed you, the police standing there in front of the church guarding it and the woman asking these questions. I was mm -hmm. really surprised the cop was not an idiot to her because he answered a lot of questions. He was fair with it. He protected what he needed to say. She was very polite at the end and she said, thank you. He was very, very polite for a Bobby, actually. He, huh? he, um normally would have would have called somebody else over to have her removed because in the beginning she was very belligerent if you she, watch that clip okay. and at the end she was more nice because he could have just come unhinged and had her hauled off and the other cop wouldn't even speak to her so yes, i was exactly impressed with him because mm -hmm. she was very confrontational but i meant there was not just her there was a lot of people from the community there she oh, yeah. had reported herself she had a police report again um as far as i know i never heard of any other children i never heard of anybody coming to justice about this in any way shape no. or form like these kids were neat like the video i watched of the little one the little boy gabriel at seven talking about the teacher that would get naked and and was describing the birthmark that she had on her privates as he said mm -hmm. now again was it ever proved no but still like you think about this, we're all parents, but your seven-year-old, like my God, if my seven-year-old said something like that to me, my God, it would, first of all, I probably would have had a heart attack, take a couple deep breaths, <laughs> what happened? And then we'd be marching off to the hospital right away, getting- Exactly. And then yeah. something done, I would not be I'd taking be a video. Calling the, exactly. Mm -hmm. I would be calling the police and saying, this is what my child said, have my child tell the cop, that this is what my child said, and I want you to validate that claim. The claim verbally should be enough for you to check that person. And if you don't want go check Miss So and So, if I keep hearing this continued story, I need to go take Miss So and So, tie her to a chair, and find out for myself. Find out for myself, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can be the nicest. My kids. That's what I was gonna say. I could be the nicest person. Survival. That's with my kids. You will yep. see the mother of of all grizzly bears come out. And we're all like that. So that's what I'm saying. Survival. What are these people that they put out there? I'm glad that you did, but I'm going to tell you something else. And I know you would have been the same way, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Exactly the question you asked. What happened to those other children? That would be yeah, my next are. question. Protect those other kids, not just my kids. You get those kids out of all that whole situation. Exactly. So you're absolutely it's right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's weird. And, and guys, I'm not trying to attack Laura Lee when I, when I ask these questions, it's, it's why she actually stayed up all night watching all of this and the, the validity of some of this stuff. I'm not saying that the children weren't that mm -hmm. I'm, st my fight on this is the, is the occult and the, and the satanic blah, blah, blah. And the, the only thing with that is, and this is something that I have to state mm -hmm. very plainly that nobody's ever been able to do is that when you are in occult practices and if they were that cognizant of what was happening, they would be able to repeat things that were said. Now, when you're doing a ritual of something that would be of that nature, there would yeah. be some specific things that would be said. Yeah. Now, that would be proof to me that something ritualistic happened. I can tell you I could not sit through the whole four-hour interviews that were there. It was about oh. an hour, hour and a half. Did the cop ever ask them to repeat something from a ritual? 
They didn't. They brought up that there was ritual. They didn't ask about the rituals themselves. They just asked what happened during them. But we both agree. Like that cop was wonderful with that the, the little boy, especially and the little yes. girl. He, he was. But but they really, shouldn't have been interviewed by themselves. By themselves should have had a child advocate with mm-hmm. them or a lawyer as well. That um, was abusive. I, even though the cop was nice. I do want to say how he had to get back to work. He said, okay, ladies, excellent discussion. I will catch you all more. Um, wait, sorry. I will catch you all more. I don't know what SAF is. I think it was something else. So probably typo. Nice to meet you finally. Probably you, Seraphine. That's probably what he meant to me. <laughs> he said back to work. I've talked to you, about, talked to him about you many times. <laughs> like, oh, I, tell, I tell everybody yeah. about <laughs> no, but we have discussions like this and I expect Sarah to ask these questions. That's why I ask you. Right. And I'm going to I'm going to put this right out there and I right. appreciate that Sarah does because sometimes I don't always consider you're a little bit you'll you'll ex- you're open to hearing stuff. Yes. But you ask good questions and they need to be asked. They do. They do. Uh, and like I said, I am not stating in any way, shape, or form that the, nothing happened to them. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying at all. I'm questioning mm-hmm. the validity of the the satanic claims. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the video that the person that really followed this case, and they made the point that they're a very small YouTube channel. They were surprised. like They only had a couple hundred followers that this had blown up at the time. This is back to 2015, by the way, folks. That's why Sarah brought up at the beginning of the show that this has been out there for a while. It's now known as the scandal. Some people call it a hoax. It depends what you believe. But the thing is that something did happen to these kids. They've never been able to ascertain who did what because it's claimed that the kids said in the third set of interviews that we made it all up. We were beaten and all kinds of stuff this father talks about. But when you see the interview and I really, really tried to separate myself from anything and just be objective, watch him look at the interview. It, the did you language of the kids? Yes. Did you what? No, no. Just the dad when he went on the BBC to, because yeah. this is, he had been cleared. What were your thoughts about this father's actions and his answers? I found it so odd. It was very bizarre and kind of because I've been trained to watch for specific things about when you're, you're doing interviews with people and there's just something sketchy about his answers like he definitely, and again, I've been studying body language as well. I have not been trained in it, but even everything, like he pretended to fake cry. There was yeah. real evidence of him crying. And the, the, I thought the interviewer asked fair questions and good questions, and mm-hmm. he never really answered a lot of them. He no. would just, you know, he'd pause and he'd pretend he was about to break down and then go, my children, my children are amazing. And, you know, it's very soft, soft voice. Um, again, creepy. can we prove that? What's that? He had creepy, creepy vibe. Now, when I say creepy, I don't mean creepy as in ooh, uh, a cult. I mean, creepy as in that creepy dude that gives out free puppies and mochas. Mm-hmm. He's, no. <laughs> There's like... And you I can, thought you that tell me, what? I'm so glad you said that because I thought I, maybe I subconsciously let something come in. His no. voice. 
if I ran into this guy on the street, it just was. And I'm All telling of the you, right now, yes. <laughs> I watched lots of those interviews from the first case we talked about that didn't have mm-hmm. any satanic ritual. Right. And the parents, these were normal parents' reactions. They were outraged. They were upset. They were angry. They were frustrated. No matter where they went, they couldn't get any help. This guy went on national TV after this judge threw the case out and had no merit. Well, you never brought up about all the physical findings, never brought up about, and it's it, there, I did see, I didn't find this video this time, Sarah. There was, um, it showed the plans, like the, pl- the old plants that completely disappeared mm-hmm. from the previous version of the school. There was these new plants and all this construction going on once this video came out. So nobody could really see, like, where were these tunnels these kids were talking about, this hidden room? There was no way to find it. It, 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 the school had gone under complete um, construction. Why? I mean, was it a coincidence? It well, I can tell you how you would find it. Mm-hmm. Because the school wasn't new when they were in it. There I would know. be knowledge of previous kids, because kids will be kids will be kids. Over time, I'm sure if we found people who went to that school or church earlier, that they would, if there was any validity to the claims that there were corridors or whatever, then they would say that there was. Because there's, agree, things don't say, say that secret. Nobody digs, it seems. And like, I mean, I don't know. I've never been involved in something dark or occult. I, I have lots of, for some reason, Satanists and Luciferians that want to send me a friend request and I just prefer to stay away from that. I do, there's no judgment. I just, it's not my thing. And um, so I've never sat down and had an interview, but I would never expect somebody to sit on an interview in a public forum and, t- and it just wouldn't be right. And I know it wouldn't happen if you, any society or any secret, whatever, they're not going to tell you everything they do in secret. Mm-hmm. So you can hear innuendo, you can hear rumor, you can hear whatever, but I can't say that it definitely happens. I know there's dark stuff well, that happens. But. Oh, well, here's the other thing. And this is something that is non-committal because they say it pretty early in the girls' interview, in the first part of the little girls' interview, where, well, what do you, what do you guys eat for your luncheons? Baby. Well, we eat baby meat. Oh, did she say that? Yeah, because he kept going, but yes. we're vegan. Oh, boy, we're vegan. Well, I thought you said you were vegan, the police officer. But that's when we were with mommy. When we were with daddy, we have to eat baby meat. Yes, that's what that's what he said. We took up and no, they said that, that the church was feeding them baby meat, that, the, that okay. the school was feeding them baby meat. And it's like, do you, don't you think the, the, the police would be testing the food at that school? Well, from what I understand, when this broke open, the school was under construction. That the school, I don't know if it had happened during the summer or what, but I don't think it was in session when they interviewed this. Because I just remember reading, because even from the kid, little boy's interview, when was the last time this happened? And he said the last day of school, there was a party and I didn't want to be at this party. And then he talked about what it went on, who was there, who was involved. He went through all these names. He went through this friend of his father's that comes over and helps him make the plastic willies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then, um, and, he, and that he hated the little boy. He was always kicking him and hitting him and insulting him. And the police officer asked him, well, why does he hate you so much? He said, I don't know. So, like I said, it was just such a strange story. But it came out, and I know the public's outrage was, 
how did this happen? How did this happen? How did this happen that this police officer had to quit her job, go out and reveal all this to the police force that was shown and the council had known about it for 20 something years, separate cases, mm -hmm. the two in the UK. And then I start looking at things like, and again, it's not tied in, but if we're talking about pedophilia, mm -hmm. you look at Jeffrey Epstein, they like nobody had even heard of Jeffrey Epstein until all of a sudden this just all blew wide open right after Weinstein. He's got a lot of money. There's a lot of big names being thrown around there. I yeah. watched an interview with royalty. Holy yes. cow, I can see why he's been asked to step down from public life. <laughs> I've watched an interview with some of the women that were involved. Um, hmm? Well, here's the thing and why why I said what I said earlier, that that pedophilia becomes more apparent the further on we're going because social me between social media and ma uh, other forms of mass media, we have people who can shuffle things and make it more normalized. Where we're watching, like back in the 90s when we were watching Britney Spears videos and her hit me baby one more time, that's very pedophiliac fetishy. For people that said because it. Because she's got the little baby pigtails and the little tiny skirt. And and everybody's like, oh, how hot and sexy that is. It's like, she's jailbait. She's not even 18 years old. And Christina Aguilera, too. Exactly. So that's, you know, but, so we're in pedophiliac type cultures where it's okay to be. Most yes. are not legal. They make them look like they're legal, but they're not mm -hmm. even 16. Most of them, a lot of them are 11, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 11 or 12 or, you know, 15 where, you know, they're, you know, size double zero and they're working in Japan and stuff because they can get away with a lot more mm -hmm. or working in the Ukraine because they can get away with a whole lot more than they can here. <laughs> it's like we, we still do have supermodels, but not as many as we used to like remember in the 90s and stuff like that. Oh, Evangelista, um, Cindy Crawford, uh, mm -hmm. Naomi Campbell's still kicking around. So is mm -hmm. Kate Moss. I mean, but their children are now modeling. Some yep, of them. Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a lot back then. But the, but the thing, if you think about it, and I think you brought up a good point, is that you know, with Britney Spears coming out of the age she did and what she was doing, Christina Aguilera. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize when you see those airbrush covers of those girls that look like they're about 20 years old, they're just young, tiny, not tiny, like skinny, little, prepubescent, very tall females mm -hmm. that have been airbrushed, have been made up to look like they're of age. So mm -hmm. we're seeing this. And, and I don't know if it's programming whoever is interested in this young kind of look, not realizing. And, you know, there's some pretty mature 11, 12, well, not so much 11, maybe 12, 13-year-olds I've met. Pretty pretty mature. Oh, I will yeah, me too. You, I will tell you, uh, when I was 12 years old, there's a picture of me in a bikini. I look like I'm about 25 years old. My parents were on me like you. I, I could go to the, I was in bars when I was 15, 16. I my parents would have killed me. Thank God there was no cell phones back then. And um, mm -hmm. I, I, I could go to the liquor store because I looked like I was 25, 26 years old. Mm -hmm. And I and I was tall for my age or tall too. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I never 
never ever got myself into a situation where I would lie to someone and say I'm 30 years old or something, right. but I, so I'm not the only one that was like that at that age. There's a lot out there like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's no way though. You can't know in this day and age, regardless of how mature a 12 or 13 year old looks or acts. Mm-hmm. It's against Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's not just here and it's not just in UK. It's not just, it's all over the world. Like we have, um, like in Iran and other places where you have people who have been, um, like women who've been displaced and their children, they're selling their children's virginity off to the highest bidder where the, an imam will actually, it's illegal for them to marry at certain ages and whatever but you can get a temporary marriage for a they call it a pleasure marriage oh good god and have children from the ages of nine to 15 years old yeah i know that i'm not i am not kidding Mm -hmm. and there is an undercover i mean vice has got something really good on it right now on youtube if you like vice i mean i'm on a vice kick right now I like this too. Yeah, Vice is really good. I love how how gritty they get. I really love how raw they are. Mm-hmm. And they really show what it's like. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and I mean, hold on to your hat, Henrietta, because, you know, if, I'm sorry if you like your world G-rated, but this is going to be, a lot of it's going to probably pull your heartstrings out and make you wish that you didn't watch it because you'll see women selling their kids for 300 or $400 US, which is a lot of money. Over there. Mm-hmm. Over there, yes. And because they don't have any other reason because either their husband was killed because of war or he divorces her to get a different wife because she's no longer pleasing to him. So hey, I women, just watched- uh, I was just gonna say, because in their culture where they're at, specifically they can't get a job and work normally unless their father or somebody they know can vouch for them to work in their shop or a family shop or something like that because other than that you're going to be in the street honey bunny and and it yeah yeah go ahead I was going to say it's happening over here I just watched a documentary in Canada about uh, the secret world of polygamy Especially with that culture, they're allowed to take more than one wife. And, um, you know, these women have been living in Canada raised, even though they're practicing and and part of that culture and religion. They're not going to accept that now that I'm 45 years old and I've, you know, done everything and made, you know, been part of you being successful Mm -hmm. and, you know, raising your children. And now you want to bring in two or three young girls into the family. You know, that's not going to fly. And it's illegal. It's messed up. They're still getting away with it because the imam or imam, as it's called, it's imam. Um, I thought it was imam. He, there's one, he went right on camera for part of the interview and said, well, we're not doing anything wrong. This is allowed in our culture. And they're saying, mm-hmm. well, this is illegal in Canada. And he, somebody wore a secret hidden camera and he showed exactly what he did, told them what to do, how to arrange this, how to have the marriage. He would bless it. We're mm-hmm. not getting a marriage license so that it's not registered as true marriage and this is how we're going to go about this so mm-hmm. it's happening in civilized countries even not to sell i was just going to say and just for those of you that know we're not ripping on their culture at all nope. because it's that. actually illegal for people who are halal and and who you know are of that their religion 
that to do things like that. They don't. I mean, they're allowed to take more than one wife. They're they're allowed to do certain things in certain places. No, however, but yeah, yeah. but, but they're not allowed to do pleasure marriages. They're not allowed to do this and that between ages of blah and blah, because their book does not allow them to do that. And so they're, they're getting these crooked imams that want to make money as well and making it okay in the eyes of whatever to do this so that if they, they don't get caught. That was the second they can get arrested for it. That was the second part I was going to add. That's who the guy was that went undercover, was part of the culture, to show what was going on. He was also um, exactly what you said. There were, not every imam was like that in this documentary. They showed both sides, which I really appreciated, and I like that, because you should show both sides. Mm -hmm. Not just what's going on that shouldn't be going on, but what the normal practice is. So I'm so glad you brought that up, Sarah. You are absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not the normal. So before somebody hears this and goes, oh, no, 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 no. It's like, yes, we we are both very well aware that that is not, let's, I'm sorry to say kosher, but it's not kosher. It's not halal. It's not not what, what is allowed within the parameters um, that however they are allowed to marry more than one wife and, and all of that other good stuff. And polygamy is not okay in the United States. I don't know what the laws are in Canada. No, they're not um, allowed. <laughs> yeah. So, um, because I'm not a Canadian citizen, I mean, a lot of people think that I'm Canadian, but I, I don't know. <laughs> so, you've got Laura Lee here who can tell you yes or no. Yeah, but that's what you said. It's kind of good having from both sides of the pond. Exactly. Topic, topic, but I didn't have a chance to tell you this. For example, and what I do, obviously, as a light worker, one light worker blog somebody was getting a little bit of bullying and thought it might be with one of my groups and I said hey I said you know what I that's not allowed I will make sure please don't leave you know you give great content somebody actually wrote (laughs) under my comment I ended up blocking them um don't support her she doesn't like kids she doesn't support your acting president and she went on and on and on I'm like my first response, I almost did. WWF, man. Well, my first response was, but we talked about this yesterday on your show about how to react and stuff, um, was, please don't be so ignorant to assume that everybody that posts on Facebook is from one part of the world. And, exactly. I, I basically just, you know what, and I realized once I took a breath, because I'm talking about this, don't always respond to drama, I just said, listen, I just choose not to respond to people's dramatic comments I had to throw that in there because that just sort of came up with our conversation speaking about you know what doesn't always go on on the other side of the world but that's kind of cool that we're both from two countries so we can mm-hmm. again I'm not a lawyer but I do know I mean you know the, the basics obviously yeah that's what, what is right or wrong in Canada can't yeah. marry more than one husband nope yeah. check that off my list well, that's what that documentary was from was from uh, Canada a certain part of Canada it was going on in Mm-hmm. But then again, you know what, the reason why folks, and, I'll, and I, again, like Seraphine brought up Vice, shows you exactly what's going on. It's not filtered mm-hmm. in it. You really yeah, want. I love Vice so much. We do too. The other thing is, for example, I was not aware of this. I'm not trying to get off topic, but just okay. um, I live in Ontario, and Ontario is a huge province. Mm-hmm. Way up north to us, there's a lot of reserves. 
I had no idea there are reserves. And I live in this country. I live in the province of reserves that don't have running water. Haven't had running water for 25 years. So yeah. in the middle of winter, so you got to wait to have water delivered. My point is, if you really want to know what's going on, take a look at it, some of these documentaries. Yes, please. If you, you're not a documentary watcher, please start. Or, or, or even check out some content from over across the pond. If you can't, yes. visit, can't travel, check it out because you will be surprised the things that you don't find out about or you don't hear about. A lot of people say, well, I'm really sensitive. I don't watch the news. I don't. Yeah, I don't always watch the news. I get the newspaper either. But I also care about my fellow man and human, you know. So that's why we mm -hmm. choose to talk about topics like this. It's not to bring people down or nope. you know, rag on any culture or anything. It's to nope. let people know this stuff is really going on out there. And if it's yep. something that concerns you, take a look. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And we want you to listen. We want you to hear the things that are going on and go, yes, and and not just go, yes, yes, I heard about that and, and go about your day. We're, we're trying to discuss it for you in a clear, concise manner from two different sides of the coin and, and let you see, kind of lay it out, so to speak, so that you can take a look at it like, like Laura Lee's doing the legwork and I'm bringing up the the rear on this one so that we well, have to the other way you've done all the legwork and I'm kind of bringing up the rear so this time I did it so so it's you know um no I never look at it that way though because you always have something to bring in but at the same time is like I said it's it we try to do our shows like a buffet table where I'm not asking you to like every dish that Laura and I put out but please try a bite of it you know don't you don't have to like it but at least try it on for a minute and 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 go hmm you don't have to like it but you do have to swallow well that or the is it, you know, the stuff that we bring to you, we do do the research and we take a look at what's out there. And like I said, we come from two different backgrounds, two different countries. And again, yeah, we don't know. We may not always see eye to eye, but we try to meet in the middle because mm -hmm. the point is this is a hot button subject. Yes. But hearing more and more of this in the news, it goes pretty, pretty deep. So, and it's pretty, I've always said this though, you know, unless, and God forbid, I don't want anybody's lives to ever be touched by this, but if you go through something like this or you work in this field you, you kind of are a little bit more aware of it or the reason why i say yeah. that like for example my kid has autism i don't expect everybody to know about autism you don't live with autism so it doesn't you know you may have yeah. heard of it and it's in the news so you almost have to become your own expert when you're becomes part of your life but mm -hmm. you know a lot of people you were talking about this on your show yesterday sarah about finding a cause or a hobby or something yeah find something something no, but, you're passionate about that was my point, though. If there's something that you're seeing that you feel really strongly about, you know, even if you can donate your time or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. that's why we bring some of these more difficult topics to you because it does happen. It happens right in our own backyard, a lot of stuff. Exactly. And, and you need to, like we said in our show last yesterday mm -hmm. afternoon, is that all of this stuff happens all of the time, not just part of the time, it is it is all of the time. And it's you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And, and we're hoping that you wanna join us and be 
and part of a solution. We're not asking you to try to change the world in one single day. However, don't be like helping people, you know, forward child porn. Even if you don't know about it, if it, if that kid looks too young, report it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these things are made with underage illegal minors that get passed on and passed over because people think it's oh so hot. Well, you know what? That child is being exploited over and over and over again. And who knows if that child's going to make it till they're even 20. It happens to a lot of children, it seems, that come from underprivileged areas or um, different cultures mm-hmm. because, you know, whether there's a language barrier with the parents or, you know, nobody's got any money. It's We all have areas of our city that are really the lower income part and not looking down on it, but these are the children that are at real risk. Like if yeah. you see something going on and you don't know what it is, but you know it doesn't look right, Mm-hmm. nobody's going to come after you for reporting it at least i know where i live they won't though like let's check it out like no you can't call every five minutes and say by the way my neighbor's doing this my na-. you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. like you see something happening with a kid or you know you haven't seen a kid that you see in the neighborhood all the time and you know say talk to the parents or you haven't even seen the parents or you know talk to a few people find out if you've seen so and so like and and i've seen stories of this all the time people say yeah i noticed they hadn't been around for a week or you know if mm-hmm. you know this, just I'm not trying to be, say be nosy, but it's just about caring to think about your your fellow neighbor mm-hmm. instead of saying, "Nope, not my backyard, not getting involved." Mm-hmm. Exactly. You you never know, and we're, like you said, you're not. We're not trying to make you Mrs. Kravitz, you know, look, looking out the front window all the time, or or trying to be eavesdropping where it's not your business. But if you hear somebody being bounced off a wall. Mm-hmm. That's a very obvious noise. Please call the police. I did. Don't, um, don't say, don't say that's not my problem. I that's- called the police one night. I had let the puppy out mm-hmm. and I could hear this woman screaming bloody murder. Help! And I said, doll, I, I'm going to call the police. And he said, well, what are you talking about? So I said, come out to the front yard. And he could hear it because we have a park down the street. Mm-hmm. You could see what the girl was doing. I don't know if she was on drugs. I don't know what it was, but I called and 911 could hear her screaming. So I called. Could I have ignored it? Yes. There's no way I would have slept, but Mm -hmm. I called. I mean, and whether she was on drugs or what she was, whatever she was experiencing, she needed help and Mm -hmm. called. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's not that you want to get involved in other people's drama. It's that you could be saving a life. Mm-hmm. You could be, you know, saving a child's life. I mean, the other day here in my new place, um, I heard a very serious fight between a husband and wife. And I let it go on for a little while because I realized scuffles are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Until I started hearing slamming and breaking and scream, like high-pitched screams like somebody was being hurt, mm-hmm. that's when I call. Mm-hmm. That's that's when the the line between I'm not getting involved and somebody probably should make sure people are okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, what is it? The statistic is like six out of ten um, of uh, what do they call those scuffles? They're uh, domestic violence. Domestic, yeah, do- domestic violence calls end in in somebody's death. 
-hmm. either somebody ends up killing the other person Mm -hmm. um, out of rage Mm -hmm. or whatever. And yeah, somebody may end up in in jail, but it's better off that they get counseling and either work out through their issue, be it substance abuse or alcohol or just plain you're a jerk. And I'm not saying, yeah, yeah, thank you, mental health. And um, and I'm not saying it's guys. I'm saying it could be a woman that's being abusive. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, that. it could be a woman. It could be a man. It's either or. So we're not saying it's just on guys. It's on girls too. Because I've I've heard some scuffles where the woman is the one that picked that fight, and I'm like, holy cow, what are you doing? I know. I'm like very personal to me. Holy cow, man! Literally, it was the woman. Mm-hmm. It's like that poor dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I don't yeah. know, dude, what you did to bring that down upon you, but whoa, Nelly. Or the same thing trafficking. <laughs> there's like there are some places that are well known in North America for not just child trafficking, human trafficking. Oh yes. I've met so many people that think, well, human trafficking doesn't happen here. It only happens overseas. Oh, no, it doesn't. Yeah. I had Chuck Kennedy on my show and he's got a team we know some of the people off the teams and I've taken his course I've had a chance to get into it I've been so busy because I've been practicing remote viewing because I'm hoping to use some of my skills to help but in 25 months they brought home over 100 missing children they have solved 18 cold cases. I haven't talked to Chuck in a while, probably more now. They've shut down two international child trafficking rings. Dr. Chuck said he gets daily death threats because of um, what they've done. You know, he does he takes precautions to protect everybody. They'll have, um, even in his computer, just a code name. So nobody ever goes after the people that help him. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, he was telling his story on my show. This was in the United States. And... Um, had they not got there about 30 minutes later, they were looking for this one girl that was missing. They didn't find the girl that was missing, but they ended up rescuing, I think it was 18 or 22 young missing girls that have been missing from the United States. And had they not got there and got the authorities to go, the ship was scheduled to leave over to Indonesia. Those girls would never have been seen again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, this is a very high traffic area down here too, the, on the Gulf. And um, like I said, when I came back from my trip in the summertime uh, with my mom, is that all through the corridor down here, once you get to the south, but past the Mason-Dixon line, you see at rest areas. If you are being trafficked, if you are, I mean, they, the stall, the bathroom stalls are like to the floor and almost to the ceiling where they've got the industrial locks on them. And, and it says that you can call a specific number to let somebody know that you are being trafficked and they will come and help you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many people actually call the number, but I certainly do hope that people do because the government's actually getting enough involved or looking like they're involved anyway, that they're actually posting signage and um, trying to make it a little more safe for the girls so somebody can't crawl under the stall or crawl over it to get to them. Oh, my goodness. But that's oh, we're right. talking. Okay. I was going to say, we have 24-hour security in a lot of our rest areas here. Down, yeah. down here. Yeah, once you get towards, you know, over by 
by boss man in Louisiana on the Gulf that we have 24 seven cops and stuff that come through at, at the rest areas. So there's police and, and security guards all the time. It's good to hear because like I said, it does happen. And I know it happens in the South quite a bit. I do know that. And uh, that's, what, that's why I mentioned that. So if you're listening, you're listening on the replay and you see something funny going on, I, I can't ever understand. I'm, you know, you're not being a nuisance. You're not doing anything but your civic duty, if you want to call it that, that you see something going on that shouldn't be going on. Mm -hmm. Teach your children, too, that if something God ever happens to them, first thing you yell is, this is not my father, it's not my mother, fire, mm -hmm. to get somebody to notice, notice you. So I oh. my teases me. I know you're gonna say this. I'll say it quickly. No, go ahead. Girl still teases me that I scared the living hell out of him. That <laughs> he's still terrified when he goes out somewhere because I was just so on him. Mm -hmm. you know, not to make him scared, but working where I worked out in the community and with the people I would see, I mm -hmm. yeah, I'm scared about him. But anyways, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say I was in the pool talking to some youths. Um they were messing around. It was a bunch of little girls and a bunch of boys. And they all came in the hot tub where I was sitting because, you know, I do my stretching and then I end in the hot tub and hung out. We were talking. And um, this guy who was delivering a mattress to one of the units here, we were all sitting at the poolside in the hot tub there. And this guy kept gawking at one of the girls. And she's like, he keeps staring at me. And I looked over and he legit was staring at her. And I'm like, honey, I will scream pervert in a second. And she's like, no, no, don't do that. She was mortified that I would do that. I'm like, honey, it's not okay for him to be looking at you like that. You'll have a bigger problem if he thinks that he can conquer you. She didn't know what I was saying. She didn't know I'm, what you were saying? I'm, I'm like, honey, you don't want that kind of look from a man. That is bad. Uh, that that's not a your cute look. That's a I want to do something with you. That is you may not be mentally ready for. <laughs> like no. Well, a lot of parents like, that I met, and I had friends like this, that um, they would say to me, "Well, you talk to your like my younger son was a different thing because he has a lot different comprehension level. Right. Like I mean." He never went anywhere on his own. He still doesn't to this day because he couldn't. But I mean, it's like having a, a preschooler with you. You're holding their hand or they know like they're with you. I don't even let them out of my sight. But the thing is with my older child, yeah, there were a lot of things I discussed with him. My theory always was with the internet, if there was anything that I was doing at a certain age or considered or even knew about, my kid probably knew about it at least four or five years earlier. No, don't get me wrong. I didn't. This didn't start with bedtime stories or anything. But we, you know, I, I was involved in my kids' lives, so they were watching a TV show and they were talking about a difficult situation on some of the older kids' shows. We would talk about it. it would be it would be a window to have, you know, it was a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. And we'd sit down and we'd talk about it. And I'd tell him, I'm not telling you this to be scared. Same thing as I say on the radio station or on this show is that I'm not saying this to scare people or that you're going to look sideways at everybody. Just be aware of your surroundings. Be aware that you have the power to say no. I don't care mm -hmm. how old you are, how big you are. No, stop. No. And taught him some of the things. And um, some of my friends would say, well, oh, my God, I've never been talk to them about even when it came to sex I talked to my kid about it because 
like I said, you know, with the dangerous things that are out there with sex, like kids don't know these things. And their friends, I, I used to tell them, your friends don't know any different than you do. Mm-hmm. If you're not talking to your mom, you talk to an adult that you love, you respect, and they feel the same way about you, like an aunt, mm-hmm. um, you know, your dad or an uncle yeah. or. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and it, that goes for you guys who are adults, you're listening to this program and somebody has harmed you and you haven't reported it and you feel like you need to talk to somebody. You need to reach out to outreach teams. There are outreach teams internationally mm-hmm. that you can speak to in crisis and say, I'm having PTSD. I Somebody had hurt me or if somebody's recently hurt you, you need to report it, please. We encourage you to do the right thing because that person will harm somebody else. And it's bad enough that you got harmed. And just think about the the repercussions of somebody else being harmed as well. And I know that's really hard because I'm somebody who didn't report something that happened to me. And I, to this day, feel bad that I didn't. And I don't even know where that person even is now. I can just hope that he never did that to somebody else. I'm hoping that he never did. Right, happened to you because you shared that with me. But yeah, but just please try. You know, and I guess what I'm gonna say is, was I ever a police officer? No. I there was a phase in my life when I was going to be an RCMP officer. I made it through everything. They'd put a uh, hiring hold on during the first Gulf War. By the time they were hiring again, I'd already met my first husband, decided mm-hmm. I was going to stay with what I was doing. But even whether it doesn't matter what professional agency you work with, I can guarantee you there is nothing you could say to them that they have not heard of or they've mm-hmm. not seen. Not saying that you're not special. What I'm saying is you may feel embarrassed to talk about it, but for them, there's there's going to be important questions they would have to ask you. Mm-hmm. Be as honest as you can. Um this is even a terrible thing, and I, I pray to God nobody ever is in this situation, but we know it happens. Mm-hmm. If something has happened to you, take a look at your surroundings. Take a look. Try to guess how tall they are. Try to, you know, do mm-hmm. what it, remember everything that you possibly can physically about them even, you know, and it's a terrible thing to go through, but you'd be able to help them catch this. Mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And one of the the things that I learned when I was training um, self-defense is if even if you are are a little tiny person or really, you know, don't can't really defend yourself very well. The best thing that you can do is scream like Laura Lee said, scream no. Even if you can't say help, just scream and drop your weight down, drop your weight down so they can't keep a hold of you and as soon as you get down to the ground run like your butt is on fire mm-hmm. i mean you may think that's funny but it's if that happens to you and then get somewhere where you can lock the door or get in your car or whatever because this is the time of year where people it's like i've i've been followed from a, a store oh, to my car in the dark and wow. yep. and and, you know, that several ways, a lot of that could have ended. It's like, fortunately, my stature makes me, you got to be a crackhead to want to be trying to climb this. But there's but, lots of resources yeah. you can Google that will tell yes. you, like, if you're getting into your car, I've seen people, I watched look. a video, 
someone hiding behind someone's car through a drive-thru ATM, mm -hmm. parked right up close thinking they're safe, person comes around, you got no way to get away, they get your money. Um, there's ways to check for that. You um, And actually, the Dell was really good, taught me about a lot of that stuff, but even online you can look. Like, when you're walking to your car, have your key, I know they say have your keys between your hands, but you don't feel comfortable, go back in, these places will have a, somebody that'll walk you out to your car. They exactly. will. Exactly, <laughs> you can ask for a staff member say that there's somebody weird out in the parking lot and you don't I'm, have to be a girl to ask you can be a guy and say there's somebody weird in the parking lot can you just like follow and make sure that i get to I, my car and i've had it happen even believe it or not michael's crafts and the guy wasn't a real problem he just came out of nowhere and asked me for money and he and and i said i'm sorry i don't have anything he made it into the store now again um they're not allowed to be doing that in the parking lot here. And I just said, listen, you've got somebody that's creeping around, coming out of nowhere, asking for money. But mm -hmm. just thought I'd let you know when I step out, take a look all around everywhere, watching mm -hmm. where I am. I park in handicap, not that it makes it easier, but there's more room around cars. But if I see something, I got no problem with going right back in saying, you know what, I'm not comfortable going out to my car. This is what's going on. Um, would somebody be able to walk me out to my car or whatever? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, I mean, don't be afraid to ask. If you need assistance, ask for assistance, please. Uh, that's what people are there, even though they'll go, oh, but I'm understaffed. Well, then, then wait a minute. If you don't feel comfortable going to your car by yourself because there's somebody creepy out there, then call the cops and say, hey, this isn't an emergency. I'm, I'm at the car park at Walmart and there's a creeper person out here and I'd like you to go by and just make sure I can get my car safe. That's all you got to do, just make sure that it's, you tell them that it's not an emergency unless it is an emergency. Yeah, you know? a non number we can yes. call. Or the other thing I was going to say, one time I was at Walmart, I walked out and this lady walked up and handed me a flower. It was so beautiful. Handed me the flower and put her hand out for money. Didn't take the flower. Said, no, thank you. Walked away, walked back in. Said, listen, you've got five women doing this to people, handing out, and now they want the money. Mm -hmm. they were, I want to let you know, we've got people joining us. We got so... Uh, we got so involved in our conversation. So we have, uh, oh, Coelho, he put search, I don't know how he spelled this, P-I-N-T-I-N-H-O, question mark, question mark, Samuel Arxangelo, um, Arxangelo. We have some people speaking Spanish and no hablo, I don't know, I get mixed up a lot with my Spanish, but I speak some Spanish, but uh, I usually have to have a couple of glasses of wine in me tonight. That's not tonight. <laughs> so he said, uh, I think he said, Bora Pablito Lindo. Okay, have an idea what that means. <laughs> and um, yeah, this sounds like this might be somebody that we may need to remove from the chat actually reading this. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us from Brazil. We appreciate having you here. <laughs> Just behave yourselves. <laughs> And Who? that's what I'll put in there because we have a few. We have Samuel, we have Dale, Dale M Z R, and they put K K K. So they're going to behave themselves now. <laughs> and O Coelho. So we have three from Brazil. So welcome. Hello. We're talking an interesting <laughs> subject. Glad to have you here. Like I said, just behave yourself in the chat, and we're happy to have you here. <laughs> so. Anyways, you're just, we're just about out of time, you guys. You'll have to go back to the beginning of the show. We warn you, it's a, 
it's an interesting subject. It's a little yeah, it's a, it's a little dark, but we we say thank you for joining us, even though it's a late join. But you know, you can always listen back on the replay, and we're here every Tuesday night mm -hmm. as well. And um, with both of our shows on Monday, I'm at at, at three p.m. Central, and Laura Lee is at at nine p.m. Central. <laughs> So. He said, I am Lindo, is what Samuel Archangelo said. We've got about, looks like three different people here. So welcome. Um, that's like, his, is it Buenvenuto? Like I said, I speak Spanish so much better with a glass of wine in me. I was thinking we should end on a more positive note, though. Let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. They're from Brazil. They speak Portuguese. I, I knew it was Portuguese, yes. <laughs> But I said, the reason why I can understand a little bit of it is with Spanish. And I'm sure they might have heard a little bit of Spanish. I know it's not the same as Portuguese. We have Portuguese here. We have Espanol. We have Italian. And you know as well as I do, we've talked about those languages before, right? Between mm -hmm. French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese. I'm missing some things. Um, they all come from Latin, right? Mm -hmm. Originated originally. So they got a few little similarities here and there. Yes. So, but no not speak Portuguese. Anyways, so what are your exciting plans for Thanksgiving, my love? My exciting plans for Thanksgiving is that I am going to make food and then I'm going to give away food and then I'm going to put away food and then hopefully have a glass of wine with my boyfriend. Yes! And hopefully, if, if he's not too tired and then uh, I will and I will go to bed. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about this at the beginning, but because I'm in Canada, we celebrated a month earlier. But what I want to ask you, are there any special recipes that you make at this time of year? Like, is there anything, say, from childhood or? Yeah, I make my uh, grandmother's stuffing and it's actually made with pork sausage. Wow. A lot of people go, oh, that's really gross. I said, no. You would love it if you had it. It sounds disgusting. You take the the gizzards and the heart and everything from the from the turkey and you boil it all out. Yeah. And you get all the bones out, obviously, and stuff. And then you grind it through and then you cook it up with the the rest of the way with the um the sausage. Mm -hmm. And then you take the broth from the turkey and stuff and mush it together with the breadcrumbs and the spices and poultry seasoning and you bake it and it's really good. That sounds amazing. Oh, it's got celery and onions in it. The only reason I usually don't eat sausage, and this is the strange, I am allergic to strange things. I'm allergic to sage. Oh, really? Usually, yeah, usually. Yeah, and I can burn it, but eat it, and you don't have to you tell me about sage. I will get practically anaphylactic, and it happens with, with um, curry. And I love Oh, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. My kid has figured out that he thinks it may be the garam, garam masala that I may be mm -hmm. allergic to. Because, well, curry is not just a spice. There's like a mm -hmm. multitude of other spices in it. Yeah, I get almost anaphylactic with it too. So I never usually try um, stuffing unless I ask somebody, does it have sage in it? And most people yeah. use sage, right? Because it goes so well with, with poultry. Yeah, garam masala does, I believe, have sage in it. It smells like it does. Anyway. Does it? Maybe that's why that happens. That mm-hmm. Yeah, because my kid loves Indian food, and we've oh, got gosh, some really I love Indian food. I love it. I can't even smell it. Like, I remember once I went with my brother, and we have in May, 
at one of the big venues here. It's called the Multicultural Association. Every culture from the city comes and represents their national foods and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just went by the booth and like my I'm my airways turn to close. My lips are swelling. <laughs> so I just can't have it. I hate that that happens because it's so delicious. Is so. there a, like a special recipe that you make for your family? I know that for you guys, that Canada has their Thanksgiving three and a half weeks before we, it was like three and a half weeks before we do. I think it was almost four weeks. First, I think it was October 1st. Sometimes it's September, sometimes October. And I don't, we never know when it is. Like I know we've had this conversation. Who decides when it is? Right. I need Spoonpox Blanket Day on, on the last Thursday of the month because that's American. Yeah. But the, that's what I, when I, living in Washington, you're familiar with a lot of things Canadian when yes. you, were, you grew up in that area. But, mm-hmm. the, but the thing is, and I've said this to you always, I wish to God, like, why could we not have it at the same time as you guys? Mm-hmm. It would be perfect. Because I'll guarantee you, if I went to Duluth, Minnesota this weekend on Friday, or even Minneapolis, but especially Duluth, Minnesota, mm-hmm. I will run into probably 50 to 60% of my city over there for Black Friday deals. And then everybody oh, wow. tries to mimic it over here. They can't even match it. <laughs> oh, wow. Is there a special dessert that you like for holidays? Um, I'm not a big dessert eater but what um we didn't even have pumpkin pie this year usually we do uh we had apple I didn't cook my mother-in-law did and we went for lunch it was so nice of her she's so so I'm so grateful when she does it she has it at lunch which is kind of a nice thing because you go Mm -hmm. about two o'clock you're done by three o'clock and then you just relax and do whatever for the rest of the holiday Mm -hmm. Christmas time my mother used to make baked Alaska all the time that's a lot of work. I mm-hmm. I don't know, probably chocolate or anything with chocolate. Maybe something with candy cane, a little bit or mint or it just I, I'm not one that gets hung up on a lot of uh recipes. I usually make my oldest really likes sweet potatoes. The Dell doesn't. And he never mm-hmm. lets me call it turnip because he says right, we don't get turnip here, we get rutabaga. <laughs> so I always have to have <laughs> There's a few things, but yeah, sweet potatoes, and he doesn't like them, but my um, oldest really likes them, and I like them. I don't make them into a pie like you can. I just make them quite sweet, like with butter and brown mm-hmm. sugar and a bit of skin and nutmeg. And, mm, mm-hmm. So that's about it. That's it. Nice. I don't go all out. I used to for the holidays. I used to have an open house. I used some nights. You know what? The last time I did it, we had bad weather. I think I had five people, and I'd been cooking for a month before. I had homemade hors d'oeuvres, and year before we had like a hundred people. So you never knew who was going to come. And mm-hmm. with my bad back, I kept saying, "Why am I doing this? This is crazy." Same as you were talking about holiday parties. I we get invited to lots. Lots of times we don't go because the drinking and driving laws here are so strict. Like even now, you've got one drink in you and you get pulled over. It could be a mm-hmm. 12-hour suspension. So, and to get a cab to go, and my city's not that big, to go from one end of the city to the other, you're looking at 100 bucks. Yeah. So I just rather stay home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we don't. We don't party a lot, and I'm okay with that. Even holidays, uh, Christmas, you know what? It's all over in about 10 minutes. I used to wrap everything. <laughs> now, 
bag it. They're all they're always just rip, tear, and destroy. Said, we got tear and destroy done. Everybody's off to play with their stuff, and so I'm pretty laid back about it. Then mom's left to clean up the mess. what's the puppy's first christmas this year nobody's too impressed with her right now because she's in brat mode so she's a little diva yeah she's been ripping stuff up and chewing stuff up and and uh still not doing well potty training Mm -hmm. i've got somebody trying to entice me with an albino shepherd puppy now (gasps) they could be such good friends i know (laughs) They could. <laughs> Such a little white fluff ball. <laughs> well, you've seen how big she was. I was going to bring her down with me tonight, but she had this giant gulp of water, so I know what she'd be doing while I was sitting She'd be so piddling she, on the floor by your leg, everywhere. right? And she's chewing everything, and she's like, like, she still is. She's four months old, and she's a German Shepherd mm-hmm. puppy. And the problem is, like I've described a puppy that size, is literally like having a newborn that does not wear diapers and has a razor sharp teeth of a shark. <laughs> nice. It's a carpet shark. It's a carpet shark. Exactly. <laughs> nice. But anyway, we, we are at the top of our hour, so I will say thank you guys for joining us, even though you did join us a little bit later, but know that we are on every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Central Time uh, and are available. We are live as well, so you can join us the next time around, and hopefully we'll have a great topic for you as well. Uh, Laura Lee, where do they find you other than at Tripping the Void? Well, I love being here with you, so where you <laughs> find me sometimes you'll find sarah on my show you may find her a little more often this month because <laughs> a little later on the guests and i love doing shows with sarah so you can find me on monday nights here same place same time 9 p.m to 11 p.m central standard time with the angel rock and then you can find me on facebook to i do psychic readings mediumship energy healing it's on facebook.com forward slash the angel rock i also have two groups paranormal university and the angel rock so thank you exactly you're welcome and thank you for being on tripping the void my co-host who's always here for tripping the void it is a uh laurel sarah lee production here with uh joe maltaldo our boss and uh i'm here uh sarah how do you keep your family healthy this season when it feels like everyone around you is getting sick i use sambacol it's drug free and scientifically tested to help support your immunity sambacol has the power of black elderberry in every purple bottle it comes in tablets syrup chewables or my kids favorite the great tasting gummies so this cold and flu season support your family's immunity with sambacol black elderberry it's the only one i trust for my family and best of all my kids love it too is your cell phone bill out of control? Then this is your wake-up call. The new TrackPhone Wireless gives you unlimited talk and text starting at $20 a month, no contract, plus unlimited carryover data with active service. Yep, the new TrackPhone Wireless. Now you're in control. See terms and conditions at trackphone.com.